Hello, everybody. Welcome to another daily podcast. We have with us Sonia Elijah back on the channel uh, to talk about uh, the latest development that we have, uh, obviously, since uh, well, the end of 2019, but the beginning of 2020, we've had all these issues, uh, a lot of uh, ups and downs uh, in terms of the information coming from the media, from the different governments. And uh, people like Sonia, of course, have been trying their best to uh, investigate, find out the truth and to challenge the state. So welcome to the show. How are you? Hi, Maya. Thank you so much for having me back on. Good. Yeah. So what's happening now? Because there are a lot of the discussions around um, the vaccinations again and with the booster jabs in different countries. Austria decided to shut down the country. Uh, I'm still trying to understand the logic behind it, but uh, and also different drugs situation. Uh, what what's the scientific community are saying right now overall? Yes, so um, it is very alarming what is going on right now. Um, now, I recently did a uh, report uh, for Trial Site News, um, and the report is a series on are the scientific journals censoring the science? Right. And I had the uh, pleasure of interviewing uh, Dr. Peter McCullough. He's a US based um, a practitioner of internal medicine. He mm. is a cardiologist. He's one of the most cited physicians in the world. Mm -hmm. And he co-wrote a report with Dr. Jessica uh, Rose. And um, it was called, it was, the, the report was on the myocarditis uh, adverse events that were recorded in VAERS, which is the US database. It's yep. uh, VAERS stands for Vaccine Adverse Events Reporting System. Mm. And so the data was based solely from that from that uh, from that database, and um, they analysed the data and they came up with some really alarming statistics. So I'm going to cite some of these yeah. statistics to you. So uh, we've got the for the age cohort of 13 to 23 year olds. Right. Uh, this is again based on the US data. You've got a 19 <clears throat> times increase in myocarditis cases. Yep or the vaccinated group compared to the background myocarditis rates for that age group. Yep. That's a significant uh, uh, statistic there. And what is very alarming is that um, there's a five-fold increase in the myocarditis rate um, observed after the second dose. Right. And this is what is so disturbing because you have Boris's Boris Johnson's recent announcement yeah. saying they're going to be making available the second dose sure. for 16 to 17 year olds. Right. And this is the group that is being most affected, especially male youths yeah. uh, for myocarditis. Do you think that right now there's this situation where, you know, there's, there is a bit of censorship um, and the governments and media, generally speaking, they're just way too scared to even debate because right now they say the priority is guys, let's just take the risk. Everybody just take whatever we say, mix it, everything else. Uh, do you think it's because of that? Do you think there is, a, there is this well, lack of appetite when it comes to actual debate or discussion happening? Because right now, if you question it, like yourself, if you question it, they won't come out and say, well, Sonia Elijah is such an anti-vaxxer that you know, she just doesn't want anyone to take any vaccine. It's because even if you question a tiny aspects of the program, then they would say you're just an anti-vaxxer who hates everyone. Um, how do you challenge that? Well, 
that's just their answer to everything. It's a very reductionist response yep. to label everybody as a anti-vaxxer. But I mean, the, the, the truth is that mm -hmm. these are not traditional vaccines. Yeah, they are brand new. Yeah. The these are brand it. new, new technology, mRNA-based yeah. uh, technology. It might turn out to be okay long-term, but we still don't know, right? have long-term safety data and i'm going to touch back on censorship now the report that i just mentioned uh written by dr peter mccullough and dr jessica rose was published um in elsevier and mm -hmm. current problems in cardiology now it was posted for about two weeks a few weeks and then it was abruptly removed. Wow. It's now been permanently removed. In the beginning, it was a temporary removal. Yeah. Uh, 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 the weeks running up to, like a week or two running up to the a very controversial, very pivotal FDA meeting yeah. uh, where they, they decided to approve the Pfizer vaccine for five to 11 year olds. Oh yeah, that's true. But it, it, is there any logic behind that with children? Because um, you did interview someone and mentioned that um, the, the transmission from children to adults is already low anyway. Exactly. Uh, and then there's also another point about um, what well, vaccines, the primary goal should be about the patient itself rather than the rest of society, right? Yes, I had the pleasure of interviewing just recently Dr. Pierre Corey, and um, he is a critical care physician based in the US. And yes, exactly. He was saying it's 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 really alarming because um, children, children do not uh, are not at high risk of of getting severe um, COVID symptoms yep. and dying from it. The mortality risk is so yep. negligible. Um, and what is alarming is that Actually, there have papers, and I'm going to cite this is Tracy Hogue at our study, uh, where uh, the paper concluded a child is more likely to be hospitalized from myocarditis from the vaccine wow. yeah. and from COVID-19. So we have scientific studies proving this, right? Sure. It's completely suppressed. The adverse events are completely downplayed in the mainstream media. But what is very alarming is that the scientific journals themselves. Yeah censoring the science have you ever had a situation where um well with, with any new disease or especially airborne virus something like that that the priority was to get people to take the vaccine so that they could protect the other people because usually i mean historically when, when we were kids we've taken different vaccines for yes. all the other stuff historically yes. it's always to protect yes. your own body mainly right yes. Yes, I mean, it's unheard of. And also to literally use children, almost <laughs> like a shield, yeah. to protect the elderly and vulnerable yeah. is, is highly unethical, goes against yeah. every bioethical argument, you know, and, um, and it's never been done for, before. It is yeah. unprecedented. And um, one question about, um, I don't know if you've already done the research or going to be doing it, part of your investigation is uh, uh, yesterday, uh, Health Secretary Sadi Javid had a bit of a, an angry moment on Twitter. Uh, someone uh, tweeted asking about how, for the booster jab, they are mixing the vaccine. So you got okay. like a, a Pfizer and AstraZeneca, or whatever. They'd kind of they'd given a different version, yeah. and the, the, the guy was just simply asking, "Is this okay? Have you guys done enough research to make sure it's okay? And it might be okay." <laughs> but uh, the Sajid Javid basically just came back and said, "So what? Have some respect for the NHS." Yes. That's not yes. a response that you should give. But uh, is there any research behind that? Is it is it going to be okay when they mix it, or do we know yet? There has been really no 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 data, no trials done 
uh, we have no data on mix and match approach. Yeah. And this is what we're doing, like a mix and match. Even the manu even the manu vaccine manufacturers themselves do not promote mixing different, uh, yeah. uh, you know, different like Pfizer with Moderna with, you yeah. know, it's- Because aren't they different uh, vaccines anyway? AstraZeneca and Pfizer are two different, uh, but the, the method is completely different, right? Or is it Moderna? Pfizer and Moderna are um, mRNA-based vaccines. Right. Um, uh, yeah, so, um, and, but again, the manufacturers themselves do not promote any mixing and matching. Yeah, yeah. They have guidelines on their, you know, uh, of how it's it meant to be administered and the sort of length of time between doses. Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. this is the thing, we have no long-term safety data and we have the recent whistleblower, you know, that was uh, the, uh, it was uh, investigated in the BMJ. There was an article. Uh, by a, a, an excellent uh, investigative journalist, Peter Thacker. And so yeah. uh, we've got, um, you know, we've got whistleblowers coming out yeah. that even the Pfizer trials were not done properly. There's right. a lot. Um, well, in this country or globally? Excuse me? In this country or globally? It was done in the US. The trial, uh, it was, the trial it was US based. Uh, one of the uh, where the clinical trials were being run and um, there was a lot of uh, discrepancy there was yes it was it was there's a lot of questions on how um and how they were done and how they were conducted wow it's, it's fascinating the way um the whole thing's kind of put uh, been situated in, in well in the west in general because obviously uh the debates we're having when it comes to vaccinations is uh our vaccines you got the, obviously easterners they have their own stuff uh, russia and china and iran they have well apparently in iran they've uh, uh, invented the vaccines where the people basically they decided to take them and some, some doctors in layman terms they say it's basically water there's nothing in it <laughs> i'm not really sure what they're doing over there but they're just wasting people's money but uh, um we are going to be obviously bringing you back on um in a few days to talk about uh, the different drugs especially yes, ivermectin and all that stuff as well uh, but yes. do you, um, I mean, do you want to give a preview of uh, what kind of we're going to be discussing? Yeah, um, so I'm going to be, um, yeah, I'm going to talk about my report and the, the interview that I did with Dr. Pierre Corey, uh, who is the president of FLCCC and um, and how uh, ivermectin got repurposed for uh, as a very effective early right. treatment for COVID-19. And again, there are other repurposed drugs again, that have no patent. Right. They're, cheap, they're generic drugs that are very effective and it's completely been um, sort of absolutely, actually there's a war of disinformation going on against right. right now when the FDA are very uh, are directly involved in that and i did another report based on that as well maybe because i don't have a good lobbyist behind them uh, to, <laughs> to lobby the government <laughs> like pfizer <laughs> so and um, last question before we get obviously um in a few days when you come back to talk about uh, ivermectin and all the other stuff uh, one last question for today is uh do you have any opinion on um, uh, astrazeneca recently announcing that despite the fact that they promised uh, a year ago when they released the vaccine saying that we're not going to take any profit make any profit out of them uh, now they say that well we're going to make profit now uh, and so some people are kind of kicking off saying AstraZeneca promised the world that you know they're going to sell at cost uh, but uh, the people who kind of were skeptical at first they said they some of them said we were right we knew that you know after a few months AstraZeneca they will win the PR battle saying oh we are the good guys we're just giving the vaccines for free at cost uh, but eventually they are going to start making profit out of them. And uh, it's kind of not really genuine in that sense. Yeah, well, these, I mean, Big Pharma is a heavily, it's a profit run industry. They've oh, made yeah. 
billions, billions, yeah. billions. But going back to AstraZeneca and the founders of the, uh, uh, I mean, I haven't done too much research, but I know they have their own private biotech company and they've made oh. millions on it. But oh, wow. <laughs> there is an the Oxford-based biotech company yeah. where the, yeah, so the-, the So they've already made money anyway. <laughs> they have made money, but it's not been, uh, yeah. uh, as it's it, not you know, same. yeah, it's not been sort of said, but um, yeah, it's, you, you know, it is a, it's a it's a it's a billion it's it's a billion dollar you know it's billion yeah. dollar industry so i mean on the one hand as a capitalist i have no problem with profit but on the other hand when it comes to corporate corporatism and going hand in hand with big government it creates you know complicated it's, situations it's, of corruption it, yes and it's also how big pharma influencing that's the thing the yeah scientific journals yes yeah. they are controlling um so they really are they there's a very insidious um sort of mission creep going on where they're yeah. just Controlling, they're controlling the narrative and that yeah. is very that's very worrying very disturbing exactly. but that's the thing i mean it's these people these kind of structures that then damage my ideology of free market capitalism because it's not capitalism it's when you have big business and big government go hand in hand of course corruption will happen and that's not true free market but anyway that's a political debate and i'll start ranting to the camera myself in a bit. <laughs> uh, but no thanks again for coming on the show uh, yeah hopefully in a few days uh uh, we'll bring you back to talk yes. about uh, ivermectin and all the chaos behind the uh, uh, misinformation from the mainstream media. Thanks again. Any last few words? No, just thank thanks again for having me on. And I look forward to coming back and uh, talking about uh, ivermectin. Brilliant. Thank you very much.